0: This is Amanda Dolan and welcome to The Mental Society. Today I am joined by Trent Brock. and Trent has a really incredible story. He has had cancer three times, um, hip bone cancer that left him crippled, uh, lung cancer, and then pancreatic cancer. Um, And then that's when the doctors told you that you had a 5% chance of survival. Um, And you changed your outlook, uh, trained your mind to believe that you could beat cancer even though all the specialists said, nope, um, and now you're 18 months cancer free, but undergoing a series of surgeries to get that leg that was part of it was taken away from the cancer That's
1: right.
0: to the same length that the other one is. And the other thing I love about your story is that while you were traveling the world, you randomly started a popcorn, a kettle corn company that, that is, is now the second largest <laughs> popcorn company in New Zealand.
2: Correct. Um,
0: because, well, New Zealand didn't have kettle corn and.
2: They needed it.
0: Oh, yes. We all need kettle corn. <laughs>
2: sure we do. That's right. Exactly. You got it.
0: Oh, so, thank you so much for being um, sure. yeah,
2: my pleasure. here
0: with me today. Yeah. I should start like, I'm so grateful that you're here and that you, thank you. beat that cancer because yeah. the world is better with you here. Here, I appreciate it. Um, I
2: think, yeah, I think that's kind of become my thing is, you know, uh, now I kind of know why I'm here because this is what I need to do is tell my story to, you know, somehow help, help others. You know, that's really, that's really what it's all about now.
0: I think so many of us and and myself included, because I think I shared this with you when we were talking before I had this almost suicide attempt that I heard God's Holy Mm -hmm. spirit, whatever, say I'm not done with you Mm yet. Right. So I think talking about sharing stories of, healing and hope that's part of my purpose. And I think part of your purpose is bringing kettle corn to New Zealand and sharing about how you overcame, (laughs) not just cancer, but, you know, some mental health struggles and completely shifting your mindset. Mm -hmm. I would love if you would start with just a little bit about your story, how you got to where you are now.
2: Sure. Sure. Well, um, I'm originally from Louisiana, so I consider myself kind of like, you know, the redneck kind of refined Southern gentleman kind of guy, and um, I've always loved traveling, and the adventure thing, that's kind of always been my thing. So, after I graduated from college, I moved to Dallas. I lived there for a few years. I was an IT guy, and I uh, did that for about four or five years, and uh, had enough of that, and I decided I wanted to move to Europe, live in Spain, try to learn some Spanish, Teach some English on the side and travel around. So did that for a while, and so I super bad had the big travel bug. And uh, the next place I wanted to do is I wanted to go down under somewhere. Well, Aussie's really tough to get into, but New Zealand was the next closest place, and I got a visa into there, you know, within a matter of, you know, a couple days. So decided I'd move there and started IT again. And um, and uh, along the way, I uh, met a guy down there that was. and kind of doing some boxing stuff down there, and um, just give me a second. I need some water. Here. Sure. And um, he and I became friends while while the uh, boxers were training. And he does he does kettle corn on the side in Washington State where he lives. We started up a weekend business, and it just grew from there. And and the whole rags to riches story, you know, these two guys hanging out on the weekends you know making popcorn and then the cinemas wanted it and the supermarkets wanted it and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and now I have two factories about 15 staff uh four massive automated popcorn lines uh we service international like Singapore Malaysia obviously New Zealand the islands and and things like that so um that's a little bit kind of about me you know us Americans we like to attach ourselves to our job and our career you know that's of how course. we are. So, yes. you know, I got I got to kind of give you that part of it. So you think, OK, well, this guy's kind of got his stuff together. Right. Um, but, you know, the whole the whole way along, the whole way along, you know, I would say that I kind of did, you know, struggle with with some mental health stuff. Um, and I think that probably started in college uh, for me. And back then, you know, that was 20 something years ago. So back then it was, you know, you're just having a problem. You're having a rough day. You know, go see the counselor or whatever and have a talk and, you know, everything will be okay and just, you know, toughen up and get through it, right? Right. And so I really think I had had dealt with some depression even then. And then, you know, the thing with uh, the career in IT in Dallas, very, very pressure cooker, very intense a tough environment. I think I had some burnout there and I think that was part of some depression. And, you know, so, you know, to, to deal with that, you know, instead of kind of dealing with it, I just eliminated that situation and (laughs) halfway across the world.
0: Right. (laughs) I mean, sometimes that's how we deal with the things. It's just, I don't want to deal with it. So I'm going to go look at this or be over here. Or, um, do you think, you know, that prevented you from in any way from like healing your mental health or did, or was that what healed or provided um, healing?
2: You know, I think it was good. I, I think, I think it, you know, it eliminated the situation of the job and those kinds of things. Um, But you know what, the, the whole cancer thing, I think really probably is what kind of helped me realize and face, Oh, I got physical issues, but I also have some mental health issues I haven't ever really dealt with. And uh, that was a bit of a kind of a, a discovery and a bit of a surprise for me. So,
0: and, you know, I think so often our mental health and our physical health are so tied together. Sure. Um, and I think perhaps getting a cancer diagnosis, it, it hits you with that mortality, right? The, yeah. like, I I may not live
1: yeah. um
0: and so like when you just curious like
1: yeah
0: that that c word you know the cancer word mm-hmm. when you first heard that like what what were all the thoughts or <laughs> you there's probably far more than you can you
2: know oh well so besides the
0: cursing and the <laughs> uh
2: well i i i got i got really upset you know i mean it 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 it, it blindsided me so and and part of the thing was you know I had already been dealing with some things because my brother's best friend, one of my good friends, my college fraternity brother, my aunt and uncle's godson, this guy's super tight with my family. He had a couple year battle with cancer. And um, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. And he had died about oh, nine months or a year before I got diagnosed. And, you know, so the last thing he told me was the year before we'd had a party for him, his birthday. We all flew in. We all came, you know, from everywhere to New Orleans and had a big party and everything. The last thing he said to me when he dropped me off is, I'm coming to New Zealand to see you. and I'm bringing my family. Awesome. Trips on me. Just get there, you know? Well, you know, I get back to New Zealand. And I'm doing my thing, you know, working or whatever. And I just get a phone call out of the blue. He's gone. He didn't make it. And, and so that was tough for me because I didn't get to come back and go to the funeral and the closure and everything and all that stuff. So, you know, and then a few months after that, uh, one of my really good friends owned the Mexican restaurant that I went to, and I used to call Mexican bingo at, didn't go so well. And, um, he, uh, declared bankruptcy. And then the next day he went out and he hung himself. So I was already dealing with some things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, and this, this has all happened within, you know, eight, nine month period. And so then, you know, I'm doing this, I'm I'm limping around my factory. I go to three different doctors, you know, they're all telling me you've got a torn butt muscle. I go in to see the hematologist to get some blood work done. And she's like, you're getting an x-ray a week later, they call me and say, you got cancer, buddy. So exactly what do I think? Right. I think, oh my God, I'm going to die just like Chris. That's my immediate reaction. That's my immediate thought, right? Right. <clears throat> so um, I was actually sitting in my truck at work and, uh, you know, I got really upset and um, I called my parents and I told them and what was happening and, that, and immediately they wanted me to come straight to the hospital because the doctor told me that I had about a quarter inch of bone holding my leg on. And if I broke my leg and every step I took, I potentially could break my leg mm-hmm that if I broke my leg, that the leg would come off. That would be it. They wouldn't save the leg. Okay.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: So I go straight to the emergency room. Okay. They get me in a wheelchair. They check me in. They want me there two, three, four days, whatever. I figure out, okay, they're going to do an implant. They're trying to save me, keep me here. I got my business to run. I'm checking out, man. I'm out of here. I didn't say, you guys can call me when you have appointments or, you know, okay, I got cancer. You guys are going to put an implant in there. Okay, fine. Well, it's going to take a while to do that. I'm going back to work. You guys call me when you need me. Okay. So over several months, okay. Um, this whole, you know, cat chasing its tail kind of thing, they would do the x-rays, they do the scans, they would say, Okay, we're ready. They would build it out. Well, this is public health care, it takes several weeks. Do the scan, we're ready. Oh no, the cancer's progressed, implant won't fit. So this happened over and over and over. Okay. In between that, um, I had checked myself in because the pain was so bad, I just couldn't handle it. I was, I was basically in a wheelchair, okay? And uh, they, they, uh, I checked myself in and it was this whole implant thing again. So they, uh, they decided it's too expensive for me to be in the hospital while waiting another five or six weeks. So they put me in a, in a resident assisted living home. Well, this just happened to be a dementia nursing home. Where uh, everyone there was very, very close to checking out, okay? I was the only one there that was, I mean, everyone else was like over 80, okay? This is the last place you go before it's over. People right. are moving out left and right. I thought they put me there to wake me out because the doctor, the surgeon told me on the very first appointment I had, you're lucky we caught this because in six months, you would be dead from this cancer. Okay. Well, we're looking at probably about the 4-month mark. And I'm thinking, okay, these guys are waiting me out. They're waiting me out, right? So my mental health goes down the tubes. I'm calling my parents saying, I'm sending you my money. It's over. I don't think you're going to make it down here before I die. blah blah blah. I mean, you know, it's totally over dramatic, okay? You know. But in my mind, in my mind this is what's happening, right? So the doctor, I had an appointment. He's like, what is going on with you? So I kind of explained the situation. He checks me back in the hospital. Okay, fine. Okay, it's surgery time. Two or three days for surgery. Doctor comes in. Hey, man, it's definitely progressed way too far. We can't do anything. We're cutting your leg off. Well, obviously, you have a meltdown. Okay, they even send a guy in. They send a guy in that had, had an accident at work that had a that had a plastic leg and he had it all strapped on me he took his pants off he took his leg off he showed me everything i had like an hour meeting with him they were getting me mentally ready that they were cutting my leg off okay right. i can't handle this i can't do this my dad gets involved and says you're not cutting this guy's leg off you don't know who he is you've never met him he's not a quitter he's a winner give him a chance we don't care so they decide to keep the leg okay several months in the hospital and um I, you know, I get over the cancer and uh, I get back to work. Mom and dad go home. Next scan. I've got pancreas and lung cancer. Well, obviously the pancreas cancer is the most important thing. Right. Half surgery. This is during COVID. So COVID's hit, you know, in between mom and dad can't come down. I'm all by myself in the hospital. Okay. Can't have any visitors. New Zealand's locked down like, like a prison. Yes. Not good. You want to talk about mental health? We could talk. We could have another another session about what the government's done to the people with their mental health over the year, year and a half. Their eyes locked down in that country. Terrible, terrible. Okay. Anyways, so um, they I uh, have the surgery. Okay, it's not it's not cancer. So they try to turn this around on me and say, "Oh, Trent, congratulations! You didn't have you didn't have pancreas cancer." I'm like, "Well, what was it?" And they said, well, it was a blood clot. So misdiagnosis, they screwed up, compromised my health. I have half of my pancreas gone. I have a colostomy tube bag hanging off me because my bile's leaking out of my gut for several months. Okay. And um, they just turn it around on me. So this is a bittersweet situation, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I still don't know if I'm over it, but you know, let's move on with the story. Okay. So then I have lung cancer. They check me in. We have that the orthopedic finds out that I'm in the hospital. I knew the leg was infected. Okay. I've been having trouble with it for the whole year, year and a half. That Till they put a wire in there to hold it. So it didn't continue to progress upward. And um, he found out I was in the hospital. Cause I wouldn't come back. And I wouldn't come back in. I didn't want him to do anything else to me. Don't touch me anymore. I know it's infected, but I just don't want to do anything else. So he finds out I've just had lung surgery. He comes in while I'm all loopy, right. and says, "We're doing leg surgery on you tomorrow." Well, I have no one there to defend me. I have no one there to speak for me. I'm barely speak for myself. Okay, right. So, th- so they rip me open. Okay, take the wire out. So here's the situation: I got an infection in my leg. I got an infection in my lung as well. Okay, I got an infection from that day after the surgery. Uh, I got a pick line in my arm. And where they're giving me IV antibiotics several hours a day, trying to get rid of all this infection, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Okay. I can't, I can't do any, you know, I mean, I can't even get myself to the bathroom. Two and a half months of that. Okay. And the uh the um heart surgeon comes in and he says, Hey, we somebody needs your bed more than you do. You're out of here tomorrow. I'm like, I've got a vacuum hanging off my leg with a machine that's that I've got mm-hmm. strapped around me. This semi-permanent. Tube out of my arm, gash in my back, gash in my leg. <laughs> just like okay, okay. So hey, they pack my stuff up, send me downstairs, put me in a taxi. I'm gone. Okay, fine. Oh, but okay.
0: I just am like that. That was being so alone in that moment, right? Not, your not family, only,
2: Yes, I mean yeah. Oh, your
0: family's I mean, not there.
2: Correct. No family. Okay. Can't, can't even see your friends. Right. Because you're, you're supposed to be in your bubble. Right. Right. For me, my bubble was work. Um, what was, I could go to work. Thank God. Cause I had a food business. Cause we were supplying the supermarket, the only place in the country you could get food for months. So I could go to work home. Okay. And, um, and that was pretty much it. Right. And the supermarket, if I needed to, Right to grab some food, which I couldn't. It, you know, I had to have one well, of my. How
0: could you get out much on your own if you've got all of my, those things going on?
2: My coworker, or one of my, one of my, one of my employees would go to the supermarket with me, buy my groceries, put it in a backpack, and when I got home, I backpack my stuff into my house. You know, yeah. So extremely lonely, extremely lonely, and um. So, so they check me. At, you know, I ch- check out two or three days go by, right? And um, I'm like super aggravated, getting a major argument with my flatmate, I'm mad at my staff. I'm angry. I don't know what's going on. I'm having hot and cold sweats. I'm starting to have crazy thoughts. I'm getting anxiety. I'm starting to have suicidal thoughts, slipping into depression. All these things are going on. I'm having methadone withdrawal. Now, methadone they use in New Zealand as a very effective pain management.
0: Option. And, you know, like methadone here is often used yeah. as a way to get people off of heroin yeah, or other opioid, so you know, correct. is a treatment. But but what people don't understand is that you are still addicted, like your body still requires that chemical. Yeah. You just don't quite get that same high that you do with, say, heroin.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, for, it was a total pain management thing. They use it in New Zealand. They use it on me with my leg surgery. The mm-hmm. first go around had no issues. Well, they, they use it on me, you know, this second go around with all these major surgeries, but they didn't send me home with anything. And I didn't think that I need anything because I had no issues the first time. Right. So I have to go through this rigmarole of calling the hospital, get my GP involved. And it was this whole thing with like, well, I'm under the hospital's care because they released me, but my GP has to write the pr- prescription, but she can't because it's just this whole big mess, right? Then you got to find some place that actually will supply you the methadone, and they give you enough, okay, to get you through about two days. And I'm talking like a dropper, like, I mean, it's just like you no. wouldn't even believe. So they're treating me like a crack addict when I go up there trying to get it because they think, you know there's a really bad bad uh, um the, the opioids
0: um, or the like... yeah yeah,
2: there, yeah there's a there's a really bad deal with uh methamphetamines okay
0: okay
2: really bad deal with methamphetamine stuff there so you know they think I'm kind of cracked out you know and I just I just got to the point where it's like you know what you know what I've done so many things the hard way I'm doing this the hard way and so you know my mental health was really bad I seriously, I got very close to hanging myself a few times, you know, and I just kept going back to the story that my best friend, one of my best friends just hung himself, you know? And so, you know, that's kind of when, when I say my mental health journey kind of began to just kind of, that's when things started just, I I was going down the tubes. Okay. Totally down the tubes. And, um, that's when I kind of started giving up right through all that. I've had enough. I'm ready for this to be over. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And so, right. And then, and then I have my next scan and I really do get pancreas cancer. Okay. So now I've really got pancreas cancer, you know, it's this whole deal, the methadone, all the stuff and everything. And um, so I go in, it, this is about a six month deal from when the time they caught the pancreas cancer for real until when I'm like, you know what, this is getting too serious. I, I was reading the scans as well. So, right. you know, I mean, it's not hard. You know, it's like, here's the measurements. Oh, was well, this one now, it's this big. Oh my gosh, it's that big. Now I can read, oh, it's growing into my other organs, i.e. growing into my stomach, okay? So I'm waiting around on this public pancreas doctor, the same one that misdiagnosed me and screwed me up, wouldn't give me <laughs> anybody else. So I got, still got to deal with this guy. And uh, I go see a private guy. He just said, look, it's progressed too far. We can't do anything. And uh, radiation is not an option because we could burn a hole through you and um surgery is not an option because your stomach is um a sensitive organ and you could very well bleed to death i'm not going to recommend you for surgery like that okay so what are my options chemo is not really an option for this kind of stuff what are we going to do no options i realized at that point that i had become a number in the system and they were waiting it out for me to die okay and, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm dealing with a methadone thing. I'm dealing with the mental health issues, you know, everything I'm dealing with on top of this. And, you know, I'm, my, my staff are like, Trent, don't come to work. You don't have to come to work. So I'm hanging around the house.
0: <laughs> Probably oh, adds to my, that like loneliness, not feeling a sense of purpose. Oh yeah. Along with oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. all
2: that, all that, all that stuff. Right. You know what? And I sat around the house for a couple of weeks and you know what? After I watched a couple of talk shows by about 10 o'clock, I'm so depressed watching that crap. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm counting the minutes to try to get to lunchtime, you know? And so I did that for a couple weeks and thought, you know what? The hell with this. I ain't doing this anymore. I'm going back to work, you know? And I, and my parents normally were on the phone with me, mm-hmm. um, with most of my appointments. And, you know, it was after one of my appointments and, you know, the despair, and the sadness and the hopelessness that their son is going to die on the other side of the world. And there's nothing they can do. They can't even come visit me. You know, I'm locked in, you know, like the whole insurance thing. I'm not moving back to bankrupt my parents and die. So they're going to be broke and sad. I'd rather just be sad, you know, and I'm like, well, I've kind of resigned to the fact, you know what? I'm just going to die in New Zealand alone. I'm going to make my business the best I can make it. And um that was a tough couple, tough couple weeks, right? And uh so then I'm just on the phone with my parents one day, and I just had this epiphany, and I just thought, you know what? My buddy, my buddy died of cancer. We had to watch him and bury him. That was sad. Then my other buddy with the whole suicide thing, we had to bury oh. him. I'm not dying. I'm not doing it. I'm not dying on my parents, I'm burying them. That's the way this thing is going to do. I made a decision. Now I say I I was, you know, goofing around, you know, just back and forth. Am I going to try to fight this? Am I not? Am I going to give up? Am I I'm tired. I'm tired. tired. All that. Well, I made my dang mind up. I'm going to try to laugh. And why why am I going to do this? So now I need a reason, right? Uh You make a decision, you make a decision, but then you need a really dang good reason because what's going to happen is when it gets hard, when it gets hard, you're going to say, oh, it's too hard. But then you have to remember that reason. And if you have to, you write that reason down and you put it on about four different places all around. You put it in your car, you put it on your mirror, you put it on your bed, on your nightstand and you put it on your desk at work, you know,
0: in your refrigerator, right? too, like that. Cause you, you gotta go get right. I mean, all the places.
2: Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Mr. Tough guy. So now you're going to beat this. You have a 5% chance. So now I got this whole thing going on. Right. I am a practical guy. I'm already, I'm I'm wired up pessimistic already. Okay. I'm a realist. I see mm-hmm. it half empty. Okay. I don't see, I don't see the the rainbows and unicorns. I think of, oh, what are all the crap we're going to have to deal with to get there? Okay.
1: Right.
2: I'm just kind of wired up that way. I had to change all that. So how did I do that? Well, you know, <clears throat> so I had to change my diet. So I got to change the physical, right? Right. The mental. Mental. The mental, which involves your emotions, your feelings, the -hmm. spiritual side, and, you know, just your cognitive, you know, thought process. So the physical wasn't too hard. I decided I was going to go back to the gym, get started, get back in the gym, because I just knew that one day, one day, okay, I'm going to have to be in shape because this leg's going to get fixed. But first, we got to deal with this cancer. Right. Cancer's first, chronic infection is second, leg is third. That's how we're going to do this. So, you know, <clears throat> I'm thinking to myself, okay, then I got to change my diet. So I changed my diet. You know, I didn't go crazy. I just got off the sugar. I got off the crap food. I quit eating fast okay. food. I started eating a balanced diet. Started taking some vitamins. Just some things, okay? Nothing crazy. But the mental was the deal, right? Uh-huh. The mental is the thing you got to change. Because if you don't change this, the rest of your body knows. It, oh, it, it it, yes. Yeah, It knows. It knows. So <clears throat> excuse me for a second. <clears throat> Gosh, I mean kind of dealing with something just won't hey kick it. Ah.
0: Yeah, or or it's the allergies here in the south. Like I joke that like it's everything's yellow here, right? There's that, like <laughs> oh, yeah. like film of, of pollen on everything yes. right yes. now. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. So, um, okay. So um, the way that I started doing that was I knew that I had to, you know, and I'm a Christian, right. But, you you know, but I'm not this crazy, just, you you know, just, uh, just this nuts over the top Christian. I'm a Christian as part of my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so are other things, but I knew I needed to renew my mind. That's what I had to do. So how did I do that? Well, so If I wasn't at work, if I wasn't at work, I was doing something that was a self-help something to change my mind. So I was listening to positive, uplifting music that made me feel good. Okay. Or I was maybe even listening to some Christian music that I liked that a good influence. I would, um, I found, I found a series of, um, a series of miracles in the Bible and I listened to those repeatedly, re- repeatedly, repeatedly. So I would listen to them to the point where like, after work, I would turn it on. And I would listen to it. And, you know, I, until I went to bed, I would play that stuff all night long. I would, I would play something positive. I would do some self-help stuff. I would do anything. I would find, I found books. I found a couple books, right? A couple of these people that beat cancer. So, you know, I really, you know, and, and I'm, I'm I, I cut out my crappy friends, the negative ones. I cut them out. Right. And it is nothing but positive, positive, positive. OK. And, you know, I found stories on the Internet about some guy that beat pancreas cancer with radiation. So I'm like, if one can do it, I can do it. And, um, you know, and I got my cat. I got a counselor. Right. I'm talking to my counselor once a week and I started doing some meditation things and, you know, and the yoga stuff. Okay, the yoga stuff with the meditation and the physical and the stretching and the balance and all that. You got to do it. Get your butt to yoga class. And if you can't get on YouTube and do a few. And so, you know, it's all these things that I was doing. And um, I just kept on and on and on. And um, I eventually figured out, you know, I say, you know what? I just know that, you know, like I don't feel like I'm just going to wake up and have a miracle. I believe that, you know, things happen, but you need to put yourself into the right position. You need to do your part of the job. If you want to, you know, God, God is merciful. Okay. And God is grace. And there's all those things, but come on, man, you got to do your part too, you know? And, and I know with me, when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, I have to think to myself and I have to say, you know, I did almost everything I could do today to help myself. And I feel good about it and I can go to sleep tonight. And that's how I'm wired. That's how I'm, that's how I'm wired up. So, you know, and, and God, I'm trying to think about what other things that, you know, that I did. Oh, these were a couple of big things. So, you know, it's all this deal, like life and death. And it's a, such this heavy thing about, oh, you're going to die. And, you know, like, I mean, big deal, man. I've dealt with death so many times now. I don't care about it. I know where I'm going. You know, like, I'm not scared of dying. Whenever I go, I'm going. I know I'm going to see some some of my friends. I'm going to see my grandparents. And I'll be there when I'm there. I mean, I'm more scared about actually speaking in public than I am about dying, which is crazy. Which is crazy. (laughs) But it is what it is, right? So, you know what? I changed this to that kind of that thing about this is nothing but the game of life. It's just a game. It's just a game. Well, for me, the game is football because I'm a football guy. So you're
0: from the South, right? Louisiana.
2: (laughs) I'm a dude and I'm a dude and I like contact sports. So, you know, Hey man, pick a board game, pick Pictionary. I don't
0: know, pick a game,
2: whatever it is. I don't care. But for me, it became a game. And so it was like, Third quarter, third quarter, I'm looking at the score. I am losing by a lot, 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 lot. But guess what? I'm the quarterback. This is my game. I'm in control. So
0: you're calling the plays. You're
2: it's all on you. Correct. I can't control what the other team's doing. Okay. That's outside of my control. I can't control what the rest are doing. But you know what I can't control? I can control me and my team. And those kind of things are my attitude. The, doc- the doctors that I choose, my friends and family hanging around, am I going to choose to listen to a self-help thing or am I going to go do something that's not as constructive, right? Right. And so that's what it became. So for example, I didn't like the situation. I'm calling a timeout. Well, my timeout is, you know what? I received some information from the doctor today. Now, doctors for me, they practice medicine. That's it. Oh, yeah. They're just practicing. Okay. They ain't perfect. And guess what? I'm the one that knows the most about me, about anything. So I'm going to take a little piece of that. I'm going to take a little piece of what you're saying. And I'm going to make the final decision because I'm in control of me and my choices of my life. So I didn't like a situation. Let's say I didn't like the doctor. I would call a timeout. Well, for me, a timeout was I'm taking a break from this situation for the rest of the day. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to get myself a good meal. I'm going to, trying to get myself a good rest. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to weigh my three options, and I'm going to go for it. Well, if I can't figure out what to do, when I go to the sidelines, I need some help. So I'm talking to the coach. Well, the coach, in this instance, just may be my best friend. So I'm going to call him and say, hey, I'm having some trouble making a decision. I need you to help me. Help me make a decision. So what is that decision? That's the next play. So I go and do that play. Maybe it was a good play. Maybe it was a bad play. Maybe I made some yards. Maybe I lost some yards.
0: And that but, informs your next play because you now know how you're showing up, how the other team or cancer or whatever it is, doctors showing up and now you're informed on your next move.
2: There you go. There you go. And now, you know what? Hey, maybe I didn't make the right decision, but I knew, I knew if I put enough plays together in a row, I was going to get a touchdown. And for me, a touchdown was beating you- it. Beating cancer, right? And so that's kind of how I thought about it. Just play by play. I'm not trying to get to the end of the game. My goal is I'm going to win the game, but I'm just little play. So day by day, day by day, little by little. I am just trying to get my butt to lunchtime. If I can just get myself to lunchtime, you know, then I'm just going to try to get myself to the end of the day.
0: And I think that's the way so many of us, I mean, I I never love the word should because I always, it, it sits weird with me. But there's something about that, like little pieces at a time, right? Like if, if someone put, you know, an elephant in front of you and we're like, eat this, sit down and eat that all in one sitting without stopping, without creating a plan, you are never going to do that. Right. But if you take a moment and take a step back and, and look at the full situation, it can be it can be clearer, maybe not yeah. clear, but clearer. Yeah. And I have this. Uh, be curious, your thought on this. Sure. I have this this thing I heard once that you cannot make a mistake. Mistakes can be made, but you cannot make a mistake in that moment because you are making the choice with all the best information that you have.
1: Correct. That's right. That's
0: right. And um, so you know, like one of the things that I've experienced is. Mm-hmm. And this was really difficult for me was I was at not my church. I was at another church and I'd shared a bit about my story. And I was told um, by this person that I'd never met before, you know, if you just pray harder and you trust in God, like he'll take that, that by he'll take your mental illness away and you won't need any medication anymore. and You'll be fully healed. And I, I am of the mindset this is for me that mm-hmm. part of my healing is actually that God gave the scientists and the doctors and all of that, the tools and the wisdom and all of yeah. to create the medicine and treatment that has worked for me. Sure, And so like that, but that really hit me when it was like, you're not praying enough. You're not doing enough. Right. And so when you, might interact with someone who they are doing all of those things and they still are on that path Mm -hmm. towards death or heaven or wherever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. What would you say to them? Like if, if that big shift in mindset doesn't heal them, what is,
2: what's the next step? It's very interesting that you bring that up because uh, I, I will try to kind of compare that to a situation that, that happened to me. OK, so obviously uh, with, with all the things that, that were kind of going on, I, I I started going back to church. And when when my when my parents were over, you know, we, we went to a church that I kind of liked and we went a few times. And then, you know, like on Sundays, we would watch the online service. So I was in the habit of doing that. Well, you know, on and off, I'm back and forth between work and whatever. And the I'd had the pancreas cancer, and I'd had the diagnosis, and I was waiting to get the um, the biopsy, and I was just I was hoping and praying and believing, okay, mm-hmm. that um the biopsy was going to come back negative, that this was going to be another blood clot, okay, something like that. I happened to be in church one Sunday, and uh, I was on the corner. The preacher came walking in later, late in the service. He came walking in and he slapped me on the back. I don't know this guy. I don't even know this guy. He just kind of patting me on the back. I felt this zap thing happen, right? And I was like, whoa, God, what was that? And um, And the guy next to me goes, oh, do you know Pastor Paul? And I said, no. And he's like, well, he knows you. And, and, and pastor Paul had was continuing to walk down mm-hmm. the aisle he turned around cause he heard that he turned around and he kind of just did the whole like, yeah, kind of thing. And we both just kind of looked at each other and we we're like, wow. Okay, cool. So I'm thinking to myself, right? I've been healed. I've been healed. I know when I go get this biopsy, I'm going to have been healed. Well, I got the biopsy. Guess what? It yeah. was cancer. It was cancer. So, you know what? I was in it, that put me in a state of, I got angry. I I got angry, God, who wouldn't? I thought this was my miracle. This is my miracle and it didn't happen because I need a miracle. I literally need a miracle. I have less than a 5% chance to make this with treatment. I'm not even have a chance to get treatment right now. So, you know, I worked through that and I thought to myself, you know what? For some reason, for some reason, my plan, my plan and my thought was that I was going to get uh, that, that That I got instantly healed from a miracle. You know what? That wasn't what God's plan was. So if, if you if you get like that and you're doing what you're doing, you just keep doing what you're doing. Just don't quit. Don't give up because. All you're doing is you're getting yourself one step closer to your plan. If you're doing the the, the majority of the things that you think you're supposed to be doing, you're not going to win every single day. Okay. You can't. It's impossible. But if you're winning most days, and if you if you level up and you're and you're actually honest with yourself and you think, you know what, I've done most of the things that I know that I can do. And you know what? And I just can't do anymore. It is what it is. You have to trust. You have to trust that you don't know what the plan is, but you know, you're doing the right things to get to the plan. You have, you just can't quit. You just can't quit. Yeah,
0: exactly. that's, that's what
2: I would say. It's that next simple. Best,
0: the next best step, the next, it's, do it's the not, next not, thing. Yeah, there's no rocket science to this
2: deal. Okay, it's a very simple formula. Keep doing what you were doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's it. That's all you can do.
0: And you don't want to, just go back to kind of this place where you were talking about
2: mm-hmm.
0: ready to give up all of those things mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And I want to just highlight there though, that for you and, and for me and for lots of other people, the thought of suicide is, is about ending the pain that you were in,
1: mm-hmm. not
0: about hurting anyone else. And and I hate to say like often you don't think of the people that you're going to leave behind, yeah. yeah. Because when you're in that level of whether it's physical or emotional mental pain, it's hard to focus on anything besides oh, yeah. that pain.
1: Oh yeah.
0: And totally. I I hate that your your friend committed suicide. Um, yeah.
2: It's yeah. And, I mean, it's it's and, I, I still have trouble dealing with it.
0: And also. And while I, I hate saying, you know, things like this a lot of the times, but I, I also like wonder how that helped you stay here because you yeah. knew how it impacts yeah. others that, yeah. that you care about and love. Now, that being said, like, I don't want to do this like, well, if that's the reason he died, because I don't think that I don't think there's ever a reason for suicide Right. In, in that sense, um, you know, I'll share this on um Saturday was the one year anniversary of one of my very good friend's husband's suicide. Okay. Um and he has or ha- I mean they they have six kids, you know, all different ages, two grandkids, like they're just and I'm still trying to find like the peace with that
1: sure
0: um and and i think that you know like when i think about demian he was the life of the party so often mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he was that big personality and sometimes those are the ones that the least the ones you least expect absolutely yeah. because you know right you were over there fighting you had this incredibly successful business and yet there were still those mm-hmm. whispers or Maybe yeah. even more than a whisper, like an actual voice saying, like, mm, maybe you're better off not being here. Oh yeah. Not fighting. Yeah. And now you're here talking to me about this incredible lifelong journey that you're gonna sure. be on. I mean, I imagine, and I don't know for sure that you're gonna have to go through scans and you yeah. know, check Every up three some- months.
2: Every three months, yep. You know,
0: and and that's okay. Yeah, whatever. You know, if it's part of the, it's part of the game, right? Like it is,
2: it is. Yep. It's just kind of like the game. when I you mean, go to the,
0: you know, the trainer at, <laughs> during halftime and they yep. check to make sure your ankle or your knee or whatever is still good go. enough to keep playing or
1: mm-hmm.
0: whatever it is. So,
2: yep.
0: I mean, and back to just that, it's kind of that keep on trucking, right? Just,
2: I mean, it's just that simple. You know what? And here's the thing, here's the thing. You know what? Like we all have those times. We all have those times where it just gets to be too much. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Take a break, man. Take a time out. Okay. Whatever you need to do to go recharge, you know, for some people, you know, go for a walk, go to the gym, go for a swim, get outside, spend some time with your family, whatever it is that you do to take a break, take a break. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's what you got to do. You got to do it.
0: And yeah, taking a break, taking it like a breather, doesn't mean you're giving up.
1: No,
0: right? Because if no. you think about it too, like our bodies need rest to heal, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a reason That's we right. need to sleep.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's a reason that that we take breaks from things because we do need to recharge and mm-hmm. maybe reset that our mindset. Yeah. You know, get a different perspective because sometimes. You know, it is that, like, things look different in the morning sometimes. Like Absolutely.
2: You, and, Absolutely.
0: And, you know, you when you were talking about, like, coming off the methadone and all of that, um, that, like, irritability and Ooh. just being – and then it can often, you know, in those times and, – and that irritability can come as well when you're struggling with depression or anxiety or all of those things without the added – you know withdrawals but you know that can also make us feel a little more alone and lonely because the people that we usually count on are like i don't really want to be around you because you're kind of being an asshole right now yeah and um and so yeah. but i also think and i i talk about this all the time i think connection and being in relationship with people is one of the most important pieces of health whether Mm -hmm. that's your mental health or your physical health is just surrounding yourself and for you some of your support system was literally halfway around the world
1: yeah
0: um but they were there you know they were present um and then you had the people that you worked with and your friends um as well and so so grateful that all of them were there and that you made this decision to fight
2: that's it that's it
0: and like i want it before we completely and just if you are fighting and it doesn't mm-hmm. like you die because of whatever you know yeah that does not mean you failed like let's just
2: i don't know right no. like i want to make know. that
0: very clear that like because like you said it's about the game it's about yeah. the the living.
2: It, it's how you not play. The the game. It's about how you play in the game. How you play in the game. And, you know. And I want to be. I want to go out with dignity and class, and and knowing, like, you know, what he never gave up because that's what I was going to have on my headstone. He, you know, he never quit till the last minute. I was like, that's it, man. If that's what it is, that's what it is.
0: And you know, it's we're we're all going to die, right? Like yeah, that. Like absolutely. that is. That is just the reality that, you know, uh, my mom always says the leading cause of death or the leading cause of, um, yeah, the leading cause of death is birth, right? Because every single person that's born will die, like a 100%. And so it's really about all that time in between Mm -hmm. and how you choose to live that and show up. And like, also with that, though, it's... It doesn't mean you do it on your own, right? Like there are very few mm-hmm. games out there that are truly all alone by yourself. Right. Um and even if that means you have somebody that you're just playing against, you know, like if it like let's say you're playing checkers, right? There's mm-hmm. you have an opponent, but also if you continue to play that with that same opponent, you learn how they play, you can change your strategy, Right. Like it's the whole, you know, it's not just showing up and doing the same thing every day. It's learning, mm-hmm. and growing and being willing to make those changes mm-hmm. which can feel really big and hard. Yeah.
2: That's, yeah. That's it.
0: So is there anything else that you would love to add before we wrap things up?
2: You know, uh, one thing. Yeah. You know, people people ask me, you know, well, you've had cancer three times. Aren't you scared it's going to come back? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, well, what? Why, why not? Here we go. Here we go. Back to another one of my analogies, okay? Life for me is like a deck of playing cards. Well, I had a few bad cards in my hand a while back. I played those. I actually got out of that hand okay. I've got some new cards they're Uh better than those cards. So can it, can I, can I ever, can I ever, I can never get cancer again because I already played those cards and those cards once they're gone, they're gone. So I'm pulling something new, you know, and it can only get better because it was really bad. So that's the way I, that's the way I think about that, you know? So no, I'm not going to get cancer again because I've already done that.
0: What a great way to look at it is that I've lived that experience and I'm done with it. I'm I'm good
2: with it. it. Yep. Moved on, moved on. Yep.
0: I think that's a great way to look at it. And that mindset of just I'm here to play the game football in your case, Yep. just one down at a, or yeah, one play at a time. You got it. Like
2: that's
1: it.
0: And timeouts, take a breather. And learn from each play and sure. reset and 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 you're not restarting right from the beginning because okay. you've got all kinds of information that you mm-hmm. you've already worked into yeah. your existence yeah, that you that you've
2: gained you know you're building a playbook, right? You're building your playbook every play you have, you've been building your playbook since since you started. so
0: and I think that's a great I like that that, yeah. that analogy of of yeah, cool creating your own playbook that you live by. And it's a never ending playbook, right? You get to add plays. And I would argue that you could even maybe not take away plays exactly as much as just like, okay, those aren't, those plays aren't working. So we're going to like put those in the way back of the book, and not look at it anymore, but they're still there. And you can look at them and remember. And may need them down the road,
2: road. may need them down the road for, for a trick play, you know,
0: you never know. I, I kind of like that trick play, <laughs> just, <laughs> just in case, right?
2: Right, just in case. You know, I, I love trick plays; those are my favorite. Right, the one.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much, Trent. My
2: pleasure. Joining my pleasure.
0: me, I, this was a great conversation. Oh, I think so
2: too. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, with that, we have reached the end of today's episode. And So, thank you so much for listening and learning about um, mental health and uh, society and how they meet. Now go out and open up a conversation and discover how mental health is experienced in your world. You can find more episodes of The Mental Society and all of the places you find your favorite podcasts. We also are on YouTube. Please subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. You can find additional resources, articles, and more by visiting our website, thementalsociety.com. And remember that you are not alone in your struggles. Hope and help are all around you. And until next time, this is Amanda Dolan. Wishing you good health, mental and otherwise.